They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of The Perfect Edge with myself, Ron Pashery, and none other than the face of the heel, uh, the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast, Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. Donovan, great to be back with you for another edition. How's it going? Cero miedo. (laughs) See, you you got that Pentagon Junior fever? Yeah, I did. I actually just got done watching uh, him versus Johnny Mondo in Triple A. Pretty, uh, I, I didn't like it too much, uh, just too much outside interference, but uh, still good match. <laughs> um, so, question. We I know we mentioned the last time uh, that you were on that, you know, we did House of Hardcore, we did Icons of Wrestling, uh, but I, I know you loved that Pentagon Jr. Uh, Sammy Callahan match. Was that the first time you had seen Pentagon Jr. or no? No, that wasn't the first time I seen him. Um, that was the first time I actually paid attention to Sammy Callahan. Oh, okay. um, and uh, he definitely impressed me. Um, that, but that's definitely not the first time I seen Pentagon Jr. But I think seeing him live like really drove home the, that the fact how much I really liked his stuff. So that like elevated him for you, actually seeing him in a live performance. Absolutely. Um, I know you. I think you may, may have even said that was the best match you've ever seen live. Yeah, absolutely. And Definitely. I wonder if there's any chance that the next House of Hardcore could top it. Uh, I don't know. I'm actually, I'm very anxious, like, to see who's going to, I'm, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like going to see an uh, indie show live is, like, definitely more intriguing to me right now than, like, going to see something in WWE. Um, just because, like, I don't even know who's going to be there, but it's, like, I know, <laughs> like, after seeing this last one, like, the wrestling is going to be excellent. Yeah, like I, the first one I went to, I was like blown away. This show was incredible. And then I thought like, ah, when the next one was coming around, I was like, I'll go, but it's not going to be as good. And it was every bit as good. And this last one was every bit as good as the first two I went to. So I don't even, I don't even really know if it matters. I guess it matters to a degree who's on the card, but something about that atmosphere that they create it's it's always good. It's never going to disappoint. So I'm excited for August 12th back at the old ECW arena. Um, I'm assuming you'll be in attendance with us once again. Yeah, I'm I'm planning on it right now. So yeah. So I know you didn't get to go into great detail on your experience at the Icons of Wrestling uh, Festival. So what what did you make of Icons? What what Man, was and what was the high point for you? Uh everything. That's that was definitely like the best wrestling event experience I've had overall, just with Icon and with House of Hardcore. Like that was definitely the best wrestling, like live wrestling experience I've I've ever had thus far. Um just so much stuff to do. Like it's it's never a dull moment. Like, you know what I mean? Like even like when we had our uh Matt Madness table, like even mm-hmm. when I sat down, like I was doing so much that I was happy to be able to sit down, like, in the seat and just relax for a minute, like, and not be like, oh, I got to sit down. Like, no, I actually was, like, looking to sit down because I was just doing so much. I don't know if you realize how spoiled you are that you got to do that the first time out because I, I think those guys have been to three or four of these icons, and we never had a place to sit down or a place to put anything. So I don't, I don't know if we could ever do one without getting the table. Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like, I don't know, man. I mean, it was just, like, 
there's so like literally like so many people. How much are the belts? How much are the belts? I'm like, <laughs> they're they're not mine. So like, I'm like, I can't. I don't know. So when people start, I'm like, yo, how much are you trying to sell your belt for? Because people are asking. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, we're gonna sell it for this. And it's just like, <laughs> like, dude, you bought the belt for a certain amount. Like, why would you like? And then I'm like, if you get somebody to sign it here that's actually had the title, mm-hmm. like, that's way more money. So, but I don't know, just that, just kind of going around. Um, I bought a, a, my first couple of figures that I've bought in years. I bought a, a, a Mr. Perfect with the mm-hmm. Intercontinental title, and I bought another one that he didn't have the title. I bought a Chris Benoit or a Chris Benoit um, <laughs> with a title. Um, and, I mean, I know that's probably the... the uh, the forbidden name for uh, <laughs> one of the federations, but as I've already said, he's one of my favorites, so I bought the figure. Um, uh, what else did I buy? I bought. I spent a lot of money. I didn't expect to spend this much money. I know you spent um, way more. Yeah, way more than you definitely were were expecting to uh, going in. I had a hot twenty for Scott Hall, and I went way over that twenty. <laughs> so, um. I, uh, what did I do? Ah, uh, took a picture with, uh, Juventud Guerrero. That was the first person who got, uh, some money from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know who it was. Like, I'm literally sitting at the table. I'm like, yo, where's Juventud Guerrero? And I, I don't know who was sitting next to me. Um, he was, uh, it was Joey. Joey was like, he's right there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, who? And he's like the guy with the mask. I'm like, why does he look like Sexy Star? Like, he needs to take the mask off. Like, I'm, I'm like, I didn't even know that was him. Like, I didn't even know he was wrestling with a mask like these days, so I didn't know. But um, so I went to go take a picture with him, and then uh, trying to think who was second. Uh, it was actually ah, uh, it was absolutely positively Melina who was second. Um, and I didn't even take a picture. Where I think I just gave her the Matt Madness shirt first. Um, and then uh, I it was just so much. I uh, ran into uh, Bull James or Bull Dempsey, if you watch NXT. I just happened to bump into him. <laughs> and he kind of turned around and, like, kind of, I don't know if he thought I was a wrestler, but he just gave me the look like, like oh, like. And I'm just like, hey, you're Bull Dempsey. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you, like, at a station? He's like, no. Nah. I'm like, you, you taking pictures? And he's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, all right. So, <laughs> so wait, he was just, like, him. hanging around? Yeah, he was just like walking around. Like he was um over there near uh Roadkill and uh the Blue Meaning. Shout out to Roadkill, you saw me that Chris Benoit. Appreciate it. <laughs> um But um yeah, he was just like walking around. Um and Tommy Dreamer, it's amazing how like he was just like walking, weaving in through the crowd and like just walking and weaving back out, like no one was just bothering him. It's just like it's like, dude, like like we see you, like and he's just like weaving through people and just walking in and out and I'm like, This is crazy, like but I don't know, and it's fun. It's funny because like so many fans are just like respecting that. Like they're probably like figuring out like, yo, he's dealing with so much. Like just leave him alone. So it's like, yeah, it's just like, like he at one point weaved in and like was talking to the NWO and he just like weaved out. And no one said anything. Like he just literally just like migrated through the crowd. Like and no one said anything. No one touched him. Like he didn't look at anyone. He just like kept moving. So it was, it was hilarious to me. But um, yeah, took a picture with Melina. Took a picture with Scott uh, Scott Hall. Thing I pissed off Kevin Nash. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. I was wondering who that was. I, re- I was remembering that, but I was like, I can't remember who it was that told me they pissed him off. So it was yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, because um, I took a picture with Scott Hall initially, and the picture was blurry. So I went back. I'm like, hey, this picture's blurry. Uh, can I get another one? 
And they're like, yeah. So I like I walk up to him and there's like somebody like some some person like I guess was trying to get a picture. They were like like already over in that area, but like I completely like they were like kind of off to the side. So I'm just like whatever. Like I walked up and I'm like, hey Scott, can I get another picture? And I'm like talking to him a little bit and he's just like, oh, this person behind you is. And I'm like, who? And I'm like, oh, all right. Like I didn't like, the person was nowhere near you, so I didn't know. So I backed up and let them do their thing and then I took another picture and Kevin Nash just looked like. He was so pissed that I would come back and ask to get the picture retaken or something. I'm just like, like I didn't even ask you for a picture, so I hope you're not perturbed. But and he's, <laughs> but I did call that guy big sexy, and like he kind of smirked a little bit. And I was like, you're the only person I would ever call sexy in public. So, <laughs> so you, you you popped him at first, and then you caught heat from him later. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's kind of hard. He seems like he's a hard-to-read guy at this point in life, so I don't know if, uh, like, he might not have been perturbed. He might have just been, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure but, it's um, a long day for those guys. I actually have a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. So we had, I believe, five or six leftover Matt Freakin' Madness T-shirts, which were incredible, by the way. They came out great. You did a hell of a job on the design. Um, I was really happy with how they turned out and how many people we had wearing them. We had the idea of handing them out to just the talent that was in the room as opposed to just regular fans walking around uh, 2300 Arena. So we gave one to Tommy Dreamer. He was the first one to get one. We gave one to X-Pac because his table is literally, like, right across from us. Uh, We gave one to Christian. We gave one to – I forget who. There was two more we gave out. Melina. Melina and uh huh. Dreamer, X Pac, Melina, Christian. Oh, Marty Janetti. Because his table was right behind us. Yeah, he wore it as a cape. He did. But so my question though is we had one small t shirt left over, and I remember telling you, go give it to Melina. She's the the biggest female that's here. Uh, she's the female here that I like the most, but I have to say, I didn't know I was going to do this, but I went to another Sasha Banks signing the following Saturday, and I was really wishing I had that small Matt freaking Madness shirt to For get her? Sasha oh, Banks. Yeah. <laughs> do you think we should have held out, or do you think we made the right call to give it to Molina? No, we didn't make the right call. You should have gave it to Sasha. <laughs> so next time I know, save a small in case I'm going to meet Sasha seven days later. Absolutely, right. Sasha is definitely first priority on this on this show. Yeah, I was I was definitely like upset when I realized I was like, ah, oh, we had that small T-shirt. And no offense to Melina, I like her a lot too, but Sasha's the one as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, um, Actually, I, we got to do a top five wrestling bays, or at at some point <laughs> we got we got to come up with that list. That's that's the next thing list I'll work on. We'll come up with top five wrestling days. All right, I'm writing that down in my notes now, so we don't forget to do but, that. Um, so I don't forget because I, I forget everything. I'm trying to think what else I did that day, man. It's just so much. Like I honestly, I enjoyed that event more than I enjoyed watching this sh- weekly show. But um, uh, I had a the discrepancy with Bully Ray, which I think I talked about last <laughs> week, <did>. correct? <laughs> um, so. You know, I owed him $2, ended up paying him the $2, uh, and got a free picture with him, which really wasn't free. It was $2. But, um, $2, yeah. So, um, bought a, a, a great retro Shawn Michaels shirt. Um, I bought a, 
the Pentagon, Pentagon oh, had the best Michael T-shirt. Great. That was yeah. an awesome shirt. So I'm actually I'm trying to find some more retro shirts. It's it's definitely hard. Um, I don't know. So if anybody has a retro T-shirt, connect, hit me up uh, on Instagram or on Twitter at Hey R T H E Y A R T E. Uh, I need those connects. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but a great uh, Shawn Michaels retro shirt. But Pentagon Junior had the best T-shirt overall in that whole building. Like the uh, glittery gold stuff yeah. on his T-shirt is just amazing. Um, it was so amazing, man. Uh, man, Prep the Gun Junior. Shout out to Prep. Um, we bought we bought the shirts, and then uh, uh, Eck, uh, he he was like at almost at the end of the event. At the end, of, he was like, "Man, I really should have got one of those shirts." I'm like, "Dude, like he just got done wrestling. I'm sure he's out in the in you know in the uh, lobby selling them." He's like, "Think?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like I'm like, and if he is, buy the shirt. Like he has the best shirt. Like, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going back." He ended up getting a shirt because, I mean, it's just like he had, he literally had the best T-shirts there, like, in my opinion. I'm pretty sure in anyone's opinion, like, he just had the best shirt, so it was worth the pay, the, the purchase, period. I really wish I, sh- I would have bought two of his shirts. Like, he's – shout out to him, man. Just great sh- great stuff, great merchandise. Yeah, that shirt was great. I know that shirt was getting a lot of attention throughout the day. But that's actually one of the coolest things about that show is – these guys are just out there still at their merch tables throughout the night where, you know what, they're, they're a lot more, I think because there's a lot less people coming up to them at that point than during icons. Like, they're, they're willing to actually spend time talking to you. Uh, that's how we actually got to talk to Tony Nice. We got that picture with uh, myself, uh, Eric, uh, Dan, and Mike. Like, it, it's cool to get to see these guys afterwards, like, they're getting thank yous from the fans. They're selling their T-shirts. I bought, I bought a T-shirt from Tony Nice that night, just because I wanted to support the guy. Like, yeah, he had just you know been in the cruiserweight classic, and so I bought the T-shirt when all they had left was a medium. I haven't fit in a medium T-shirt in at least fifteen years, <laughs> <laughs> but I bought it anyway just just because it was, it was Tony cool. Nice's. I yeah, I, kind of, I felt kind of bad, like, because I, um, not that I, I definitely wanted to show him like a retro mm-hmm. shirt, but like, I, I felt like I wanted to uh, buy a, uh, a K shirt, um, because I, I, I got to talk to him for, I, I talked to a lot of people. There's a lot of people I didn't take pictures with, but I definitely got to shake their hand and talk to them. Yeah. Um, he was one of the guys. I was just like, dude, like, like, I, I've watched you in Lucha. Like, the, it's funny because, like, some of those dudes I watched in Lucha. And it's like they're great, but like once I seen them live, I was like, dude, like you're you're really like you're amazing. So, <laughs> and he was one of the guys I seen. I was like, dude, like I really wish I had some extra money to like buy a t-shirt from you. And then his t-shirts were pretty dope too. The comic, uh, the Swolverine shirts were really really dope. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I got to talk to him. Um, I got to talk to Dreamer for a little bit. Me, uh, I got a picture with him. Me, um, uh, have a picture with Pentagon. Um. Who else? Um, I got to uh, talk to Eric Bischoff. I got to uh, <laughs> talk to X Pop. Um, I got to talk to Christian. Uh, I was near Maven, but I left him alone. Um, yeah, it looked like everybody was leaving him alone. <laughs> yeah, because I don't even think people knew it was him. Um, so, I mean, I didn't know till like the last minute. Uh, and Alo told me, he was like, Yeah, Maven's over there. I'm like, Maven? He was like, Yeah. I'm like, What is he here for? Like, he was like, Online dating. I'm like, Not Just some online wrestling dating community. I'm like, this is what he's doing? Like, you beat the Undertaker. Like, they gave you that push, and you're doing online dating. Oh, okay. Yeah, tag-a-date, I think it was called. 
Like, so I got to talk to the Blue Meanie. Like, he kind of reached out to talk to me, which is, I'm like, you know, I'm like, who are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah. snap, you're the Blue Meanie. Like, I'm like, I know you are. Don't tell me. Like, so, uh, yeah, I just, I got to talk to so many people, like, and like, and I'm just like, yo, I don't, I'm not paying you 20 or $30, but I'll definitely shake your hand and say thank you for what you've done, like, in the sport. So, um, and I got uh, Jeff Hardy's uh, T-shirt, his back uh, pocket T-shirt from uh, the House of Art Court match. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I had to snatch that. Yeah, you know, my, the, the, I don't know, man. My, my, the area where I was, man, they were kind of, there was like one obnoxious dude behind me, like yelling. I had to give him the look back, like, yo, you know, calm it down, like you're in my ear. And he stopped. <laughs> um, but other than that, like, the section was kind of dead. Like, and the lady sitting next to me, like, you could tell, like, she's a WWE watcher because yeah. she's just, like, appalled at the stuff that they're doing there, like, the cussing <laughs> and some of their maneuvers and stuff. She's, like, just completely appalled. I'm like, lady, this is not WWE. Like, this is something. This is a whole nother monster. Like, mm-hmm. I can just tell, like, she was just, like, mouth open, like, oh, oh, my God. And I'm just like, this isn't it. Like, this is not PG. <laughs> like, it is was not definitely one. not. Um... So, yeah. One thing that you that you said that made me think of this, I had e- season tickets to the Eagles for 15 years. Um, Sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple different season ticket packages to the Phillies. I've had them for the Sixers. I've never had season tickets for the Flyers, but I've been to a few Flyers games. And I ultimately came to the conclusion a couple years ago, maybe like three or four years ago, that – Professional sports is way more fun to watch at home or at somebody's house than actually driving down there, parking, paying for parking, spending like 30 or $40 on food down there, and then having to get out of the parking lot at the end of the night and drive home. It's much better to watch it at home on like an HD television. Yeah. Wrestling may be the one thing that's like it's always better live. It doesn't matter what show it is. It's always better to watch it in person. Am I am I wrong about that? No, absolutely right. And I think even for I think even for this event, it's even better. It was better to me than WWE because even when WWE comes to town, they're in the Wachovia Center, so you do have to go through that whole sports nonsense of going through parking and then going through the corridors and going to this level and that level and you know, then having to go through the traffic when you're leaving and all that. Like, this is just, like, it's free parking behind the building. Mm-hmm. You know, you just pretty much get in where you fit in in the area. You go in and, you know, you just kind of hang out. And it's, like, everybody there, like, this, you know, there's, like, this is, it's really kind of hard to be a casual fan for this. Like, these are people that are, like, legit here to be here. So it's not, this isn't, like, some W. Not, and I'm not bashing WWE because I know there's a lot of people who bash the WWE product. Yeah will remain nameless but <laughs> but um you know i'm just saying like this is like it's 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 less of the casual nonsense so it's not a whole lot of trying to pander to this or pander to that it's just it is what it is and uh and i think i enjoy that more because like it's not a bunch there's nothing really there where we're like oh this is nonsense this is corny this is you know kiddish mm-hmm. this is all like just straight up wrestling and it's enjoyable, and there's nothing. There's like, there's, there's nothing really cookie cutter about it. Yeah, like Tommy Dreamer says, no politics, no BS, just wrestling. Yeah, and he he means it. Um, now moving on, I know that you've been working on a new top ten list. You've mentioned it the last couple times you've been on. Uh, I'm very curious what you have for this top ten list. The list of the lowdown. <laughs> I don't have a second part for that. Sorry, Elo. Um, 
So this is the uh, top 10 things WWE should stop doing in 2017. Okay. And I actually compiled this list in 2016, but I, I've been revising it to, to make sure these are the things that I'm actually sick of. Yeah. Um, so number one, making great wrestlers your champ, but making them look weak. Okay. Kevin I. Owens, are Seth we looking Ra- at Kevin Owens with that one? Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, uh, the list goes on. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that just, they've made look weak. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, starting storylines too early or too late. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, it's just, you know, just you guys are professionals at this, supposedly. You need <laughs> to time this stuff better. <laughs> so, um, number three. Forcing Roman Reigns. Uh, this is an issue that everyone has. Like, just stop forcing a guy. You have the perfect heel angle for him after beating Taker. Let him be a heel. He'll get over or he may not get over. Either way, just stop trying to force him down our throats. Pause. Um, <clears throat> number four. <laughs> number four, having champions come out. I mean, having the challengers come out before the champions. Absolutely hate it. Like, I feel like if you're the challenger, you should come out before the champion. I don't care how big you are. If you were big enough, they should put the title on you and mm-hmm. then have it reversed. But if you're the challenger, you shouldn't come out before the champion. It's ridiculous to me. Um, number five, ending factions too early. Um, I just, like, I just don't see the point of it. if you're going to end it early, then don't bring it together. And I, that point mainly came from the whole uh, AJ Styles and Jericho faction that they built for, like, yeah. one night. I was highly pissed about that because I was actually excited to see what they were going to do mm-hmm. together, and it just lasted one night. And they had a T-shirt that sold for probably about a week, which I'm actually upset I didn't get because I really wanted it. I was but, just thinking about that on Tuesday night, how disappointed I am that I don't have that shirt. Absolutely, because I thought the same exact thing. Like, damn, <laughs> I really do not have that shirt, and I don't know, even know if I can find it. Yeah. But um, where was that? Six? Six. Putting people together just because i.e. the League of Nations. <laughs> That's a good one. See, sometimes I like it. Like, and you know what? I may sound like an idiot when I say this, but I'm a big fan of the Golden Truth. I like both of those guys. That's fine. They're a comedic act. Uh, yeah. And they're, like, two old guys. They've been around for a long time. That makes sense. But, like, I mean, the League of Nations, it was dope, but you put them together just to put them together, and you didn't really, like, give them what they could have had, like, as far as the Hill faction. And the best talker in the group didn't get to talk. Exactly. You know, Alberto Daria definitely should have been the one talking. Unless you meant someone else, because I, I definitely wanted Alberto Daria to be the one talking. So that. I, just... <laughs> I wanted Wade Barrett to be the one talking. Cause yeah, I he's clearly he was, the best talker. I thought he was the best talker. Now, Alberto is a guy that I don't think I ever appreciated as much as a lot of other people did. But uh, from what I hear, everything he's done outside of WWE has been great. Uh, I don't know about wrestling, but I know the antics have definitely been hysterical. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> to say the least. Actually, what he did on TNA his first time on there was pretty hilarious to me. So, yeah, that's what I heard. I heard he was great uh, on Lucha Underground, which I have not seen him on there. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm. I've been watching all the Pentagon stuff on Lucha Underground. I haven't actually made my way all the way through the season yet. I'm on like episode two or three in season one. It's it's been hard to make it through it. <laughs> It's hard to make it through it in that, like, you don't have the time to do it, or... Yeah, I just didn't... I don't have the time permitted to watch it all the way through, and... and I don't know, it's just too much wrestling. It's too many wrestling apps. 
it's hard to get a lot of stuff in. I'm more interested in trying to watch some old stuff than the newer stuff. So, yes. it's just, you know, it's just, just too much stuff. It's too much. It's like music these days. It's just too much. There is too much. Uh, was that six or seven we left off at? Uh, we left off at six, so we're on seven. Um, okay. Seven, taking forever to bring in people they promoted for weeks. If they're not ready, <laughs> stop promoing them. Like, it shouldn't take three months for you a promo to bring the person in. Get us at one month, maybe a couple weeks. And then bring them out. Like it shouldn't. There's no reason that it should have took Emma, however long it took Emma to come <laughs> out. And then she comes out and says, "Hey, I'm here, but I'm going back." And then like it's like, huh? Like it's like this is pointless. Like just like when she's prepared, getting to that point where she's getting ready to come back, then get us. But just stretching it and stretching it and stretching it. And then you're not even changing the promo. It's the same promo. Like, Lana, her promo was pretty much the same. They just changed what she had on. Yeah, just wearing blue. Um, yeah, and it's like, we know you are on vacation. Like, just, <laughs> like, okay, you're coming. We get it now. Like, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Emma, I don't rem- I don't know if I'm remembering this exactly right, but I'm pretty sure that she said it was 18 weeks of that Emmalina tease. And it's like, why? Like Only for her to like, come back as Emma. Yeah, and then you did Emmalina, and then you just go, oh, no, we're going. now you watch me go back to Emma. I was like, well, why were we watching you turn into Emmalina? What were you doing the whole time? <laughs> yeah, when you never even ended up being that. Yeah, like, we <laughs> didn't even get it, so. <laughs> anyway, uh, number eight, making up stupid matches. Asylum match, Shark Cage, House of Horror, Goldberg. Stop making stupid matches. Go- <laughs> I love just Goldberg matches just fall under stupid matches. You know you found the right audience for that one because I'm always going to agree with a Goldberg match being stupid. Uh, I agree. We're going to get this ambulance match uh, with Roman and Braun. Not looking forward to that, really. Um, yeah, there's some matches that just don't need to be made. Like, just let it be a match or or do, like, a, a better stipulation than what they end up with. Yeah, um, I just feel like at this point, it, it, like, in the Attitude Era, it was a lot more exciting and it I don't know. It just was better to me in the new era. It's just like, I don't know. You guys got to figure out something else. Cause with the PG stuff, it just, it, I don't know why, but PG rating is just making all this stuff crappy to me now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, number nine, stop wasting the talented people you have there. It's just like, you're, you're like, you have so many talented people in the back that aren't doing things. Um, I mean, even look at Rusev. Like, you guys have demoted Rusev, like, far, way far from what he was originally coming there. Like, why? Cesaro's in it and, and Sheamus. Even though people may hate Sheamus, the guy's talented. And you're sticking them together in a tag team when they should be fighting for a title. Like, there's just so many people that are, are talented people and they're just being wasted, like, because of crappy writers and dumb ideas. Great balls of fire. Anyway, yeah. Oh, God. Makes me sick every time I hear it. I don't think it's real, but we'll see in July or whenever it's supposed to be. Yeah, um, now, I, I believe Alo said on the show this week that he doesn't think they've ever actually mentioned the name of that show on Raw. I haven't heard it. So Which, I, I, yeah, yeah, like I said, we can't believe that until it actually happens. Yeah, like that made him, he said that made him think that maybe they're going to change it. Because if they were calling it Great Balls of Fire, they'd already be talking about it, and they have not said it. Yeah, they would have Byron Saxon saying it in some weird, funny way every week. As only he can. All right, and number 10, stop bringing the old guys in. Start pushing the newer guys that you have. You have a ton of talent. 
even in the NXT pool, you have way too much talent. You don't need to keep bringing in the Takers and the Goldbergs. And even at this point, I love Brock, but I feel like Brock, is do- he does a lot of douchey stuff as far as, like, with titles <laughs> and things like that. And, like, we get that there are attractions, but, like, it completely steals away from the opportunities of guys that you have there, the pushes that you can do for them there. Start building up your guys there now because you're not going to be able to continue to call on Takers, obviously, who's retired. You're not going to be able to continue to call on the Jerichos, who has revenue streams at other places. He doesn't need mm-hmm. to actually be wrestling. Brock is just going to, you know, he's just, he's the new NWO for WWE. He's just <laughs> getting the money. So it's just like, you know, cut yourself the losses with all this stuff and start building these, these Nora guys up. So um, that's my list. Uh, I, I agree with all of them. The only one that uh, I don't agree with completely is number three about Roman Reigns. And that is only because. <laughs> I think that they're happy with what's happening with him at this point. I, like, I think that the hatred for him has helped Braun Strowman so much in the last it, month. It helps anybody who, who fights him. Yeah, like it, people are invested in it because they want to see him lose. Um, like, because I, 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 I did feel that way for a long time. Like, just turn this guy heel already. I still think if they just have him come out there with the attitude he had the night after WrestleMania, people will end up loving the guy. Yeah. Or I mean, if cause not, he'll just keep getting the nuclear heat that he's already getting. Yeah. I mean, just turn him back to what, like I've been saying this for the longest time, just let him do what he did when he was in the shield, just start beating people up, attacking them and he'll get over again. He was over before he'll get over again. He won the superstar of the year before people. Let's not forget this. You yeah. do what you do what you need to do to, to get him back to that point. Period. Uh, what's your confidence level that they will actually do that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just I, I I have no confidence in WWE to do anything <laughs> right by the crowd at this point. I mean, <laughs> even the fact that there's a rumor of the Great Balls of Fire going around and no one's saying anything to stop it. So. I don't know. I don't have high confidence in WWE as far as a lot of the things that they're doing with stuff like that. Um, Even though I had another point, but we'll get to it when we talk raw. Okay. So, um, but I love what they're doing with with Cesaro Sheamus. So that's one thing that they happen to do right. I don't know. It's it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing now. Like the people that they want you to cheer, we're obviously going to boo, and the people that you want us to boo we're obviously going to cheer. So it's just like, you know, they're not winning really right now with what they want us to do because we're just going to do what we want to do at this point as fans. Yeah, and and that I think is part of why they will not bother to actually change what they're doing with Roman Reigns because I think they probably figure, well, the people that really like him love him and the people that don't like him really hate him and – Everybody's invested in it one way or the other. Kind of similar to Cena. It was like nobody was sitting there quiet during a John Cena match. You were either cheering him or you were booing him. But everybody was locked into it. And I think that they kind of have that. I don't think they have it figured out because if they had it figured out, they'd be doing things a lot better. But I do think with some of these guys, they know, like, all right, like people care about this. Like, whatever it is we're doing. It, it may not be working the way we intended it to, but it's getting a reaction and it's getting attention. 
Well, I'm not going to lie. I, I bucked against the system. I'm pretty sure that period of time when I stopped wrestling, wrestling was because John Cena won another title ring. <laughs> and I and I just was so pissed off, I stopped watching wrestling for, like, years after that. So I can't remember which one, but I'm pretty sure John Cena won a title over somebody, and I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm not watching this no more. <laughs> and I didn't watch it for years. How long would you, see, would you say you were gone? Because I took, I took, I believe... Seven years off. Yeah, I stopped somewhere in middle school and I didn't start watching again till like 2000. And I wasn't even watching fully. I was just watching pay-per-views because yeah. my cousin started watching it again. And this is probably 2012, 2013. And I was just watching pay-per-views here and there at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching full-time again probably like 2015. Yeah, I started in 2014 when I got the WWE Network. Um, I just remember I hadn't watched it in forever. I heard about the network. I was like, ah, $10 a month. I could watch any HBK match ever. I could watch any Macho Man match ever, any pay-per-view I want ever. All right, that's worth it. And then I started watching old stuff. And then next thing I know, the next Monday, I'm like, ah, let me check out Raw. And then before you know it, I'm watching NXT. And what really hooked me back in was, uh... Sasha Banks' run at Charlotte's title, uh, you know, the end of 2014 into the beginning of 2015. And then her women's championship reign in NXT is what made me, like, really fall back in love with wrestling in WWE. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, the WWE Network is why I watch wrestling now. <laughs> it's a great network. <clears throat> I've been yeah. watching a lot of different things on there as of lately. Yeah, you told me. Um, actually, I, I do want to get into that uh, a little bit later. I, I want to get your thoughts. We're not going to talk about the whole pay-per-view, but I do want to know what, 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 what were your thoughts on the House of Horrors match? I feel like everybody needs to give their opinion. There was a bit of silence there for a reason, people, yeah. is because that's what I thought about that match. <laughs> I thought absolutely nothing about it. It was... It, it just was... I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Like, it was just a, a pile of trash. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> you had texted me right before it started. You said, this is about to be stupid. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. And then when they ended the segment with Bray leaving the house, you told me, yeah, it was stupid. I hated it. And I said, I, I don't hate it. And at that point, I wouldn't say I hated it. Because I appreciated that they attempted something a little different. But it just goes back to something you said about House of Hardcore. That PG rating, like, it takes the teeth out of it. Like, you can't... If that match would have happened in 1998 or 99, that probably would have been good. Yeah. But happening now, you just can't do it because you can't do anything. Because in 98, they would have burned that house. They would have burnt, yeah. that, burnt that house completely up with Randy inside, <laughs> and Randy would have still somehow would came in like ash and dark stuff on him, and would have made it out alive, and it would have been an angle. It still probably would have been stupid, but as children, it doesn't matter because that's still a good angle. He got burnt in the house, and he's still alive. <laughs> um, what did you think of Jinder Mahal getting involved? Team gender, the Maharaja. <laughs> he did what he was supposed to do. 
Um, I love how he came out and he still had the title. I think it was really crappy how Shane took the title from him on SmackDown. That was really stupid to me. But um, I feel like they should have did something more with that instead of, yeah, this doesn't belong to you. I'm going to return it to who it belongs. No, like, no. <laughs> what are you stepping in? Like, let Randy go get the title. Like, you, like they were just so corny. Yeah. But, um... But I definitely like that he took the title and, you know, walked off. I'm I'm team gender right now all the way, man. Like, And, like, I feel like a lot of people just like, eh, I don't, I'm like, dude, like, this is such a good idea. If they continue to push it the right way, like, it, it, it is a, it's a great idea. And like I said before, a lot of people forget he's the one who fought Seth Rollins for uh, the inaugural NXT title. Mm-hmm. Like, so, obviously, they believed in him enough before. So, I don't see why not. And especially at this time period where there's room for him to get the title right now and to do something with, you know, the uh, the Singh brothers. And I think they changed their names. And it's like, we already know their names. Why would you change it again? But, I mean, obviously, the WWE is changing everyone's names so that they can, I guess, go back to the indie circuit at some point if need be. And then, you know, they can go under their names again or whatever. But Yeah. Yeah, they but, like to be able to get their names under their control. Now... Uh, so I asked this. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to this week's show or not, but I asked Alo and Joey this. Jinder Mahal and Rusev were tag team partners for a while as Handsome Rusev and Hard Body Mahal. Rusev just last week said he doesn't want to go to SmackDown. He doesn't like Shane McMahon. He doesn't like Daniel Bryan. The only way he'll go to SmackDown is if he gets a title shot at Money in the Bank. Is there any chance that Jinder Mahal wins the title from Randy Orton and then Rusev's uh, championship match is against his former tag team partner, Hard Body Mahal? Well, there's, there's a storyline for it because they hated each other at the end of it. They were fighting each other mm-hmm. at the end of that, that whole spiel. So it would make sense for them to come back and then do that. That's another storyline story that they can go with to bring Rusev back in. So, I mean, I would be for it. And it'll give Rusev a chance to go back uh, for uh, the, the WWE Championship. So, I'm, I'm for that. Yeah, I'm curious if they do it. I don't know for sure if they're going to do it. I'm not even sure if I'm, if I think there's even a chance they do it. But there is a story there that they could tell that they kind of have built in. Um, now, so what... what uh, what stood out to you, good or bad, this week from Raw and SmackDown? Um, literally, this is probably the least amount of notes I've ever wrote for uh-huh. for these shows. This so week. probably not a good sign. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Um, Raw, my my, my highlight is uh, I, and I don't think you guys talked about this on the mm-hmm. show, which is which is good. Um, Corey uh, Graves when uh, Enzo comes out. Yeah. And he says, uh, guys, I got to watch an amazing documentary on Enzo's upbringing in New Jersey. It's called Cops. <laughs> and, like, I started cracking up. Cause I'm, like, he always says, like, little stuff. And then, like, you catch the bit at the end. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, that was funny. Like, like he always has, like, those good zingers, especially when Enzo comes out. Like, it's just always, like, something that's, like, like there that he says. And, I like, I really, that was a highlight for me because I thought that was funny because I grew up watching Cops a lot. Yeah, my mom I, was my, my my mother was a big fan of cops. Oh yeah, so I grew up watching that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily. I wouldn't could call myself a fan, but I definitely saw my fair share of cops. And also, I do enjoy 
Like, when Corey Graves doesn't like somebody, he really doesn't like somebody. Yeah, and he always has, like, an excellent joke to dig at him. Yeah. Like, he got on uh, Tom Phillips on 205 Live this week about those, uh, I guess, the uh, unsavory Instagram DMs that he was involved in. Uh, He, like, straight up called him out on it on the show. Um, I don't know if you saw that or not. Not yet. Yeah, try try to find it because it's pretty funny, like, that he just goes right at him about it. Uh, was there anything else for you to like about Raw this week? Uh, I like the Dean, Balor, and uh, Samson bit. Um, Dean was actually, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's Raw or just because he's back, so he's finding stuff to do right now. But he's he's been doing some goody some pretty good stuff the last two or three weeks. Um, him going around interviewing people was really good. Um, the whole thing with him and Seth was really, really intriguing. Just like, you know, how do you prepare for Dean Ambrose? It's like, dude, you're Dean Ambrose. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so that was really funny. And then like, just the whole thing with Balor, like, all right, there's only one thing left to say, like, dude, eat a carb. There's a vein in there. <laughs> so, and then Balor eats the donut and hands it back to him. Like, like, he's like, dude, he told you to eat the donut. Like, and you just ate a piece of the donut. Like, and then like, Sansa just uh, comes out of nowhere playing the guitar, and he's like, yeah, all right, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know like, what he no, no one responds to Samson but you. Yeah, of course, Ambrose would be the one that would actually acknowledge him finally. Uh, I did also like his, uh, his phone call with Kurt Angle. Like, I, I laughed when he came back and said, okay, first of all, He's really upset that I have his phone number. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you because I was like, okay, Seth is going after Brock. I like it. Then Balor comes out to confront Seth. I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. And then Ambrose's music hits. I'm like, what's he doing here? Like, he has no place in it. And then he started talking. I was like, ah, oh, this is actually good. Yeah, this is actually, what are we, like two or three weeks removed from the, the shakeup? Yeah, I think this, this is, is like the episode since. Yeah, I'm literally, I literally keep forgetting that he's on the show until he comes out. Yeah. So, so I'm just like, what? I'm like, Dean. I'm like, oh yeah, he is on the show now. Like, like I literally keep forgetting. And Miz is just like, I don't know. I'm just so used to Miz just being Miz. Like, I like it doesn't. He they literally could put him on either show, and it's just like, yeah, like the Miz fits here. Yeah, he he does great work no matter where he is. Now what? Uh... What do, what do you feel? What are you feeling about Apollo Cruz with the Titus brand? Uh, I feel like Titus is giving him more of something to run with this go around because I feel like Apollo by himself is pretty bland. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like uh, that that Titus with this Titus brand stick is going to give him something. It's like kind of reminds me of, um, and it's just funny because his name is Apollo, but it kind of reminds <laughs> me of Apollo Creed a little bit. Yeah, like, kind of has that edge to him. So I feel like as long as they let Titus do the talking and they let him do the antics for him, I feel like that that uh, you know, kind of help him do something. And it's just prolonging tight because like I like, and it's funny because a couple months ago I seen a video of Dave Bautista and they were like talking about when Titus got suspended, and he's like he's he's like he has degrees like he can leave he doesn't need to be there right. Um, <laughs> And I feel like at this point, like, he's just showing, like, yeah, he really doesn't need to do the physical competition. Like, he has other things that he can do. And, like, because, me, I enjoy the stuff he did with the New Day. I enjoy what he's doing right now with Apollo. So, I feel like, you know, just let him do that. Um, And then, you know, occasionally if you want to, you know, involve him in wrestling, you can. But I think, like, him being a manager is definitely an intriguing thing. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. 
I also really like the stuff he did with the New Day. And I'm happy to see him. He's almost become the advocate for Apollo Crews, which is good. That's exactly what he's needed. Because he hasn't been able to give any kind of character on his own. Now he has Titus to make help make him more entertaining. And they can actually build something for him through this. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm, I'm glad that both of these guys are doing something that people are at least responding to on TV. And speaking of things that people are responding to from guys that have not gotten much to do, what did you think of the fashion files on SmackDown? Oh, it was excellent. <laughs> are you absolutely uh, hilarious? Are you ready for the next installment? Absolutely. I, I like Brizongo, and I don't know if I've said this out loud or on a podcast, but I've been—I think I have actually. I'm—I'm I'm intrigued to see them win the title. Like, I, I would want to see what they're able to do with the title because it's—you have two guys who have charisma, charisma <laughs> in their own way. So it's just like let them do stuff like that with the title. I, it's. It is definitely more interesting what they've done with American Alpha with the Usos because that's something that you don't even have to have them there, but you can do those vignettes and they can do, you know, little funny things and get it over. That whole bit was just funny. Like, oh, this thing on the Ascension is taking all day. It's like nothing about the Ascension should take all day. Like, like nothing about this shit no. should take a long period of time. No, and then he's just like, oh, the Uggos. And it's like, that's not even funny, but it's funny because you keep continuously calling them the Uggos. <laughs> Yeah, and his tone when he says it. I, I thought the whole thing. I believe it was about a minute and a half or a minute and 45 seconds. And it was it was brilliant from beginning to end. And then the jaywalking. Oh, they called for jaywalking and Jimmy walking. <laughs> I, <laughs> I laughed so hard at that. It's like, what? <laughs> and then when they it's called like... Chicago the Windy Apple, I loved that too. Yeah, like it's just like I just I want to I really want them to get the titles and I want to see what they do. Like and they don't even have to wrestle every week. That's fine for me. But I definitely want the vignettes. Like continue, like keep this going and like keep it going the way it is. Don't add anything crazy to it. Just let them do what they do. That's my worry. Is it got a positive response this week and now they're going to overdo it next time? Yeah, I like Fandango from the South Eden or South Paul, just like being the the drunk can't get it together. <laughs> oh guy. God, so good! He's like, "What do you think about Chet? Chet's a piece of," and then he just cusses. <laughs> so I like what he did on there. So like, I just say, let him go. Yeah, he's definitely a funny guy, um, and that like the attitude they carry, like they definitely are pulling off those characters. And my hope is that they have maybe like three or four of these already filmed. So we'll at least get a, a three weeks or a month before they start to overdo it. If they have three or four filmed, I think we get a good chance that we get some stuff that's actually really good for a couple weeks. Now, what yeah, percentage I'm, chance do you give them to win the tag team titles? Say it again. You, you kind of went out a little bit. Oh, what percentage chance do you give them to win the tag titles? Mm, I mean, on WWE Logic, they may not. Um, actually, I don't know. In WWE Logic, they may. I don't know. It's like, it's it can go either right way. Now. Yeah, like, it's it's really, like, down the middle. Like, they could, they couldn't. We just have to wait and see to see what they want to do. Um, but I would like to see them with them personally, personally because they have, they both have characters. They have personality. Not to say, well, American Alpha kind of don't. 
Like they had something that they could have ran with, like the cocky mm-hmm. athlete thing, but they they never pulled the trigger on it. And then the Usos, like their heels, but like they like still they still do face stuff like on talking smack and things like that. Like, yeah. So that kind of like it's like they're kind of in the middle for me as well. So I just feel like you know Brizongo, they've been Brizongo the entire time. Just put the title on them and let let's see what they do with it. Like. Because right now, we're, like, pretty much in a transitional period. Like, a lot of the big guys are going. So, you have to do a lot of building. So, start building. Like, and these are two guys I feel like you could build with. Oh, I, I agree completely. Now, the thing I'd assume you're happiest about from SmackDown is Kevin Owens winning back his United States Championship. I know we were both disappointed that the uh, Face of America Open Challenge was over. And apparently, it's about to be reopened for business. Is that your highlight of SmackDown? Uh, yes, I would say so. Well, yeah, that and him and AJ fighting. I'm really excited to see these two fight. These are my two favorite uh, male competitors right now um, on in the WWE. Um, I'm pretty sure they probably fought on the indie scene too. Um, but I definitely am intrigued to see this. Um, I'm definitely glad that he won the title back. It's sad that you know Chris Jericho had to get the savagery of it, but. Uh, I, I, I like that they're they're turning him back to what he originally was when they brought him in, and I want to see him and AJ have a super dope fight. Like that's just what I want, and I hope that's what we get. And I hope that there's no foolishness, no nonsense. They can keep this rivalry going for a little bit. These are two guys that can go. These are two guys that can talk. So they should be able to to have a good rivalry with these guys. So, Even though it's for a lower lower title, I still think you know it's it's going to be a good feud. Oh, it's that, I mean they're two of the best guys in the business. Um, they both put on great matches consistently. AJ may legitimately be the best wrestler in the world at the moment. I'd uh, say so. Yeah, like it's, you definitely out, can make a case for that. It's out of him and a few other guys. But yeah, just he's, 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 he's on the handful. Yeah. Of absolute top guys in the business. Um, yeah, they, they both have great matches. They could possibly elevate this title a little bit. I think it's weird that AJ's going for the United States Championship, but I'm really anxious to see where it goes. And I, I wouldn't hate seeing AJ hold the U.S. title either, to be honest. Like I said, I'm for it because I think this puts, this puts KO... He's one away from the Triple Crown because all he needs at this point is the tag team title. Mm-hmm. This will put AJ two away from it. So I'm for it. Get AJ the title, then I don't care. You can put them together, put them in a the tag team and get the <laughs> title and then make them both Triple Crown at the same time. <laughs> that like, would be something if they did that. I, I really do hope that we officially start getting the Face of America Open Challenge every week again. Though. Yeah, that needs to happen. They need to do that again. That needs to happen. Um, and then even for that, that's a few that he could do with John Cena when he comes back. I, my my challenge is better. You know, just something petty like that because we know he's a petty person. So he could just like, oh, you did the challenge, but my challenge is better. Like, so just something like that. Um, there was something else that, like, bothered me about that. Show I forgot it, but anyway, um, oh Tom Phillips, he he had a a a botch moment. He said Naomi is challenging Naomi for the women's championship. <laughs> really? 
Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people caught it, but I like I definitely caught. It. I was like, wait, he said who? <laughs> well, well, speaking of the said, women's man. championship, how surprised are you that Alexa Bliss is the first woman to hold both titles before Charlotte? I'm very surprised, but I would. She's deserving of it. Like she's definitely been one of the the. She's been the best female wrestler this year, based off of what they've allowed her to do and what they've done with her. Uh, but like my top three right now are definitely you know Sasha, Charlotte, and and Alexa. So like, as long as any of those three have the title, I'm pretty content for the most part. Um, I have a bias for Alexa or Sasha more than you know Charlotte, yeah. even though I like I don't know. I just like those three. So if it, if any of those three had the title, I'm fine. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm I'm surprised, but she definitely has absolutely earned it because. If we did a most improved superstar, well, we did do that, I believe, uh, on our uh, first Matt Madness Award show, and Alexa Bliss was the one who won. So she's she's been unbelievable since she got called up to the main roster. She was great in that last little run she had in NXT, and she's still getting better, which is crazy. I don't know how old she is, but she... She's uh, got to be in her 20s. Yeah, she's. I think she's got a great future ahead of her and I can't wait to see Sasha and Alexa get to go you know get to have a real feud with each other one on one without another a third person involved yeah I think I mean we obviously know that Alexa can wrestle and she can go but I want to see like how much because we obviously Sasha is like the measuring stick right now for women's wrestling like to me I don't care what anyone says like (laughs) she brings the best out of everyone that she's wrestling with on that roster. I want to see if Alexa can really go to the next level um, with her skills in the, in the match against Sasha. Well, her match with Bailey was great. I think it was Bailey's best match on the main roster. Uh, yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Uh, but I, I, I think we have to see her in some more high-profile matches before we put her up there with Sasha from an in-ring perspective because... This was something I, I discussed a couple months ago, and I've, I've talked about it a couple times, that, like you just said, Sasha brings the best out of everybody. If you look at most of these women that are being highly uh, touted at this point by the fan base, their best match, by and large, has come against Sasha Banks. Charlotte's best matches have been with Sasha. Becky's best match was with Sasha. Bailey's best matches have been with Sasha. So it just seems to me that there's one common denominator in there, not to bring up algebra, uh, because I don't want to talk about math, but she has been the the common denominator in almost every woman's best match for the last few years. Well, I know a lot of wrestlers say, like, to wrestle someone, like, you have to trust them. I think they all trust Sasha. They all know that she wants to put on a great product. And to me, I don't know if anybody else feels this way. I feel like a lot of women, when they wrestle, like, each other, a lot of them wrestle kind of stiff. Yeah. But when they wrestle her, it's like it's a little bit more fluid and not as stiff. So you get a little bit more of a better match. But that's just my opinion on it. And, oh, that's this was the opinion that I had. Uh-huh. And I may catch you for this. I may not. <laughs> I feel like the Chris Jericho and KO matches that we've gotten, I feel like they're good matches, but I feel like they weren't great matches. And there's more that we could have gotten out of it that we didn't. That's t- I may have to go back and watch to see 
if I possibly overrated, but the match at Payback, I loved the finger spot. I loved that they called back to the finger from WrestleMania. I loved that Jericho broke the finger and he couldn't extend it to reach to the rope. I thought that was incredible. I thought it was smart of them to do. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, But, yeah, it could just be that the ending of the match is what made the match, and maybe the match itself from beginning to end wasn't wasn't as great as the, the finish would indicate. So yeah, you, the, you, the didn't, moments you liked were those definitely matches, you, you didn't love them. Yeah, the, the moments were really what made the matches to me. Yeah, I, and I think the fact that it had great moments is why I, uh, I think highly of them. Uh, talking smack, I did not watch it this week. Is there anything worth going back to watch? Uh, not really. Well, AJ Styles kind of he he definitely had a fired up moment on there, but it was a good one. Just kind of talking about him being here and what he wanted to pretty much see the landscape of the show become and what he you know future endeavors things like that. Um, as far as what the show should be doing or where it should be going and. You know, what's it about? Um, and I don't know. The only other thing, the only note that I have on Talking Smack this week is that Shane said he uh, personally likes to do things on his own, talking about Jenner Mahal. But I want people to remember that Shane had the mystery posse, so can you please tell me when he liked to do things on his own? It took of, him a while. Young Simba didn't always like to do it on his own. Uh, yeah, and then you had your dad. So it's like you, you you don't like to always you haven't always like to personally do things on your own. No, he just likes that now. Yeah, so I I, I was just like I immediately just thought Main Street Posse. What are you talking about? Like, well, it's like when remember Triple H, the sweater vest. So <laughs> it's like when Triple H said about Seth, you know, you call yourself the man, you have to call it, make up nicknames for yourself, whereas. Everybody else called me the game. I didn't have to make up my own nicknames. When I clearly remembered that he was the first one to ever call himself the game. And Alo actually found the original clip of him saying he was the game. And I was like, yep, see that Triple H? Like, you did it too. So these guys conveniently forget a lot of stuff. Yeah, because it's like nobody's going to be like, he's the game. Like, no, like, no one's just going to give you that nickname. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, no, he called himself that. Um, now, Sorry, I know that's your boy. <laughs> anything else in WWE that you feel needs to be mentioned before we talk about some wrestling outside of WWE? Nah, really. Um, I like Braun Strowman. I love Braun Strowman. Team Braun Strowman, team gender. <laughs> Maharaja. The Maharaja. Um, so, what are what are you Americans. into? What are you into right now? That's outside of WWE. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Pentagon Junior stuff. Um, just kind of like solidifying. He's definitely one of my favorites right now. Um, I've been watching. I've been watching some stuff on the network. I watched uh, Paul Heyman's uh, documentary mm-hmm. for the second time. I didn't realize that I had seen it already till like somewhere in the in the middle but i just kept watching it because it was good um and just saying like a lot of stuff just how much of a genius he was and just like a lot of stuff he did back in those ecw days that you know we didn't know then but obviously we know now yeah um and you know just kind of having even more respect 
for the man that than what I've already had for him, which was already a high amount of respect. Um, I got to also see the Dudley Boys uh, documentary, which was very good, um, and just seeing like them, kind of seeing them from their beginnings again, and then all the way up to the point that they are now. Um, and it's funny because the Bubba Ray Dudley that I've seen on that DVD is not the Bubba Ray Dudley that I owe two dollars to. <laughs> um, and uh, I watched uh, things the best of uh, Money in the Bank or something like that. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I think I'm like third or fourth match, and it's like the match with uh, Justin Gabriel and Cody Rhodes and Kane and uh, Sheamus and uh, Daniel Bryan and somebody else is in it that I can't think of right now. But I don't know. Like, I, I like Money in the Bank. I like ladder matches. So I think Money in the Bank may be one of my favorite matches to watch. So that's – I haven't made it all the way through yet, but I've been, like, steadily trying to watch that when I have time to get on the network and watch something. Um, so, yeah, just stuff like that. Um, I've been watching a lot of the documentaries. I actually bought the Scott Hall, uh, the Razor Ramon one. I watched that again recently too. Really? Um, yeah. I have I have his and I have um, Eddie Guerrero's. I have those the physical copies of those two, um, and I'm actually going to purchase Mr. Perfect's sometime soon too. Even though I saw his as well and Owens Owen Hart's. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's watching a lot of that stuff. Um, I have like a lot of stuff in my notes that I need to watch. Um, it's funny, it's a lot of stuff from the 2000s that um, I have written down that I want to watch. Um, not even necessarily the whole pay per view, but certain matches I definitely want to. Yeah. Um, rewatch some of Molina's old stuff, some of Mickey James' old stuff, um, and I want to see some of um, Chris Benoit's old stuff. <laughs> Chris Benoit will be a real treat. Um, how much of Molina have you seen? Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen a lot of it. I don't remember a lot of it, which is why I want to go back and watch it. She was. Uh, she was very creative like she had a lot of creative offense that she did and I think somebody pretty prominent may have said that she had the best offense they'd ever seen I can't remember who that was that said it but she did I think her flexibility was off the charts and she did a lot of stuff that a lot of other women and also men obviously were were unable to do so I think you will enjoy going back and watching some of her stuff. Uh, and Benoit, always incredible. I mean, the atrocities he committed aside, which have been, you know, talked about at length for many years. The guy was an unbelievable wrestler. His matches were great. His intensity was off the charts. And you can't go wrong watching Chris Benoit matches. Uh, you also said that you had some UFC stuff you wanted to get into. I have not been as up-to-date on my UFC stuff. I know... The one, the one big story that I'm aware of, well, actually three relatively big stories that I'm aware of. One is the rumor that they may put on John Jones versus Cormier part two in July. Uh, Cormier basically told John Jones, you're not getting a tune-up fight. You either fight me right now or you don't fight me ever. I know that George St. Pierre either on Instagram or Twitter, said, posted a picture of himself at Madison Square Garden and said, I may be fighting here in a few months. So GSP Bisping may be at Madison Square Garden in July. And the other thing is something I read today on ESPN that 
I believe in February, odds were posted at some sports book in Las Vegas saying that the oh they were they were odds for Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match, and the odds opened at Floyd was like minus twenty five hundred or something like that. Conor was like plus seventeen hundred, so it was a huge favorite for Conor McGregor, but forty out of the first 42 bets placed were placed on Conor McGregor. So only two out of the first 42 bets were people betting on Floyd Mayweather. Well, um, I mean, I feel like there's more people out there that love what Conor does versus Mm -hmm. how much they hate Floyd not losing. Mm -hmm. So I don't, and I don't know why, like they're, I mean, Floyd obviously isn't the Floyd that he used to be. Um, but still, like, he obviously did it enough where people still hate him. And, like, I mean, some of the outside stuff that he's done as well, like, just some of the outside antics and things like that. Like, he just built up a reputation where people hate him, even though they would definitely, which is funny because, like, if this was boxing, no matter how much you hate him, you know to put your money on him. Yeah. So... <laughs> So I think it's just it's it's it, people are I don't know like it's it's a hard fight to gauge like I said like if they if they do do this thing it's gonna be hard to gauge because there's no logistics on like what the fight is going to be like if this is going to be for MMA if this is just going to be striking and boxing like it's hard to gauge that so I think if it does happen and they start to get down to the logistics of all right this this is what's going to happen this is the fight styles that are available this is what they're going to be able to do then it'll start to make more sense but as of right now like I wouldn't place a bet on anything because it's there's not enough info for you to you know logically place a bet on anything so the the odds that were posted were were for it being a boxing match so basically, all those wagers only count if it's an actual boxing match. If it's some other form, then everyone's refunded their money and the bets are taken off the board. So like, if it ends up being an MMA fight, those bets would then be voided. Uh, like but I, I said, I do think it's going to end up being a boxing match, though. Boxing, I feel like Floyd's going to win because it's one, it's hard to hit him, and just seeing like how Conor fights. He's not going to have his guard up. So he's going to take a lot of punishment because he's not going to have his guard up. And I think it's, like, going to catch him by surprise how fast Floyd is. Yeah, he's never fought a guy that fast. And I think it's going to be a surprise to him when he sees how fast he is as well. What what else is there going on in UFC other than the things I mentioned? Because, like I said, I, I have unfortunately not been keeping keeping up on it as much as I usually do recently. Well, I think we talked about it last time. Uh, one of my favorites has retired, uh, Rumble Johnson, mm-hmm. which is corny to me. Um, but I feel like the top four guys in like in their division is you know John Jones, Cormier, him, and Gustafson. In my yeah. personal opinion, um, those are the four that I feel like are you know those guys in that division. So to lose one of them kind of like you know takes away competition in that top mark. But um, also Uriah Faber is going in the Hall of Fame soon. Awesome, um, very deserved. So I'm um, uh, definitely very deserved. Um, just kind of seeing like him, he's 
he's definitely more into like uh and I mean he has he has a bet on one of his guys right now, you know, Cody Garbrand, which we'll get into some of the stuff that he's doing right now as well. Um but you know, definitely deserving and interested in seeing that. Um, we got uh, some a rumor for uh, UFC 213. Um, they're trying to do Valentina uh, Shevchenko versus uh, Amanda Nunez, which um, is uh, intriguing because this will be their second fight. Mm-hmm. Um, um, definitely, and this to be uh, Shevchenko's first time for the title. Um, and Nunez has already beaten her. So, um, and this would be her uh, Nunez's uh, third title defense, and this will, I think will be her fifth or sixth uh, straight win. Um, something like that. So um, definitely intriguing um, to see if that happens for 213 right now. It's just speculation. I think uh, Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw, I think they're fighting for 213, which is going to be ridiculously crazy, just the, the amount of stuff that's going on with there with TJ leaving uh, the, the, the gym that they were all at and, mm-hmm. you know, just Cody. Just, you know, Cody, Cody's the guy that was trying to fight Connor on the uh, – Ultimate Fighter, the the uh, one season that him and Uriah were on there. Yeah. So, you know he, you know he's definitely, and that's another guy in, in my personal opinion, uh, opinion. I feel like you know he could be a star. Um, he just has to keep winning and you know talk that talk and back it up. Um, so yeah, they have I, something I mean, with him. But um, I mean these are two of my favorite fighters too: Cody Garbrandt versus T.J. Dillashaw. So this is just one of those fights where I have to sit back and just let it play out, see what happens. Um. There's a lot of Nate Diaz talk. Um, apparently, he was um, on the MMA Hour this week um, mm-hmm. talking about a bunch of different stuff, you know, just saying um, that, you know, Connor needs him um, for the <laughs> fight, that he, that, uh, that he doesn't need Connor, and, you know, that, um, that he initially agreed to fight uh, Tony Ferguson in July, but then he pulled out um, but, um, and said that, you know, he wasn't going to do uh, Connor's dirty work for him, um, saying that, uh, that McGregor and Tony Ferguson should fight, and then, you know, whoever wins out of that should get to fight him. It's like, dude, like, you don't have a belt. Like, you're talking like you're the champion, and you're not. Not only um, does he not have a belt, he's never had one. So it's just like, I don't, like, I don't know if it's like, I don't know what weed you were smoking, but it had to be good for you to be talking like this because it, none of it is logical. Um, he And he's saying, like, you know, he's he's not fighting in 2017, and then, you know, um, and uh, apparently Dana had responded on it saying like you know that he's been offering him and his brother fights and they've been turning them down. Um, so it's just like you know it's, it's you're saying one thing, but at the same time like you're being offered all these fights and you're just turning them down. It's like you know, you know what else? What more can Dana do if he's offering you fights and you just say nah, nah, nah. Like, he's offering the fight. So, I mean, you either take him or you don't. And I think Dana just at the point where he's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like he's pretty much like, hey, it's on them at this point. Like, we're offering them fights. They're saying, no, I can't make them fight. You know, they have to take the fight. Yeah. Um, he also said that, uh, you know, Conor won the decision of their last fight because this what the UFC wanted. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, what are you – like, you got beat up. Like, Got knocked down three times. And in my personal opinion – if you didn't choke Connor out the first fight, you would have got beat up the first fight too. Like, let's just be honest. Like, as far as striking, like he beat you up literally two fights. You just choked him out the first one. So that's just my opinion on that. I don't know. I just feel like that was 
a lot of crazy talk. And the funny thing is, uh, Dana said it's crazy talk. Then he said it's Nate talk. So now anything that's crazy talk is officially called Nate talk. <laughs> that was a bunch of crazy talk. Yeah, um, Nate, like, I'll give that dude credit. He's a tough, tough guy. He's a really good fighter. Most of his fights are fun to watch. But, like, dude, you're not a star. You're not making any anybody money. You're not a payday in and of yourself. Like, Connor is the money fight, no matter who he's fighting. Like, when he was talking about himself being the money fight, it's like, no, you are not. Connor's making that money with or without you. Like, you're not making him money. That dude, I honestly think that Connor was his meal ticket. He happened to beat Connor. That made him made him a little bit not a star but that like elevated his position a little bit and now i think he's afraid that he's going to lose to somebody else i think that's why he's not taking fights yeah because if you lose to somebody that, that, else it's over you go down yeah you go down uh, but i mean connor already has i mean out of whether tony ferguson or it could be like he has two other guys that he could fight that are in title contention so like He's gonna have to sit out, sit it out anyway. To I mean, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. I mean, the only other reason to fight Nate is for, because you have the title, or you know, because it's just a money fight. Because people want to see two people who are gonna talk crap to each other and fight. Um, but onward, uh, we got UFC 211 coming up, mm-hmm. which uh, is a great card. Um, you got uh, Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, which should be really, really good. Even And it's crazy because, you know, he's fighting lower on the card, but he just was the champ <laughs> after, after he got beat by Conor. Yeah, two guys uh, that got, got knocked by out by Conor McGregor. So, but, I mean, I don't know. for And that one, that's that's one where I just, just kind of sit back and see what happens. Um, I don't know. If I had to pick one, I would pick Eddie Alvarez. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. Which is funny because I'm like, he should have a – he should be – he should have a rematch, I would think, to fight Connor again. Like, but I don't know. Whatever. Like, <laughs> this isn't wrestling, so I don't know if it's in his claws or whatever. What have you? Um, we got uh, uh, who else is uh, on there that I want? Frankie Edgar is fighting Yair Rodriguez. I'm pretty sure you would pick Frankie point. Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys pretty. that roasted my boy BJ Penn. I don't really know what to think of this. Like, I. Because BJ Penn very well may have look, made Yair Rodriguez look a little better than he actually is. But that guy, I've never seen anybody quite like him before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, I like Frankie Edgar more than Yair. But, I mean, if Yair does anything close to what he was doing to BJ, it's not going to be an easy night for Frankie. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens on that. Uh, got Damian Maya versus George. Uh, I mean, I said George. Jorge uh, Masvidal, um, mm-hmm. which is is gonna be crazy. Um, and it's it's a little stuff going on around that because Tyron Woodley, you know, he had a comment about uh, Damian Maya taking that fight, saying that he should have waited out to see what happened with uh, him and Wonder Boy Thompson because apparently that fight was made the day of or sometime around that. And he said, you know, that was a bad decision on Maya for taking the fight. Because he should have just waited to see how it would have played out between him and Wonder Boy. Where I feel like, you know what I mean, regardless, like if he beats I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, if he beats Jorge, doesn't matter. He's he's there. So now what do you do with that? And then like I mean, even from from that, from being him being Jorge, like it's like do you fight for the title now or do you fight Wonder Boy now? Like 
you know, there's there's obviously ways to move from that. So it's just like it is what it is. Like that dude has to make his money. He can't just sit on his hands and wait for you. And even still, like if he does, then let's build up to it. Um, but I'm not a big Tyron Woolley person anyway. I feel like he's corny, but I've said that on multiple episodes. So, but you I definitely have. I I know if everybody else doesn't remember, I definitely remember your feelings on Ty Woodley. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember who Miocic has a fight on that card. With Steve Bay versus Rafael uh, dos Santos too, which is going to probably be a dog fight. Um, Steve Bay is. You know, yeah, I, I don't, I don't recall him fighting for a while. I, 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 the last thing I remember, I'm knocking out was it Verdum um, when he got the title. It wasn't Verdum. The last, the last fight I remember, well, maybe it was Verdum. The last one I remember was the night of CM Punk's fight uh, when he knocked out uh, Overeem. Was that the last one? I, that's the last one I remember. But that was that, last mm, summer, so that that might have been the last one. I don't know. I, yeah, that, UFC I've seen that fight too. But the last one I can vividly remember him. I'm pretty. He might have fought again. I don't remember right offhand. But the last one I vividly remember is him knocking out Redoom, which was still impressive to me because he was treading backwards and happened <laughs> to catch Redoom coming forward, which is just like, to me, amazing. Because it's like you're the one trying to retreat and go backwards while this person is coming at you, and you knock him out. So I just found that intriguing. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to see Stipe Mojic versus uh, Rafael dos Anjos too. Um, it's probably Dos Santos. Oh, is it Junior? Yes. Sorry. Um, yeah, Rafael just... Dos Anjos is a very similar name, but I think he I think he might be a 155 pound fighter. I get them confused all the time. Yeah. Sorry, understandable. Guys. <laughs> but anyway, doesn't matter to me because the, the 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 person that I'm watching this card to see. I already know who you're going to say. <laughs> Your manager J Check. Yep. Is on this card, ladies and gentlemen. The mighty, uh, the the mighty mouse of the women's division. She is just continuously beating people and winning, and I think that's going to be a great fight because uh, Joanna's in it, and she's fighting uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, we obviously know my choice in this fight. Mm-hmm. There's no secrets. There's no need to second guess it. Joanna's winning. End of story. I. Don't have any argument against that. I want to see her win. I think she is going to win. What I don't get is on the mixed gender pound for pound rankings, she's only number seven. It's like how she has been so dominant in her division. Like there aren't many people in the sport that have been more dominant. She's thirteen and zero. Nobody's really even come close to. To beating her. I mean, her last fight was the closest fight I feel like she's been in. But even that fight, I felt like she won pretty handily. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm I'm over rankings. Like, <laughs> I'm over rankings. Like, even in WWE, they, they they have power rankings. Like, how do you rank something that's booked? Like, well, that's I don't just know. silly. I'm just I'm over rankings. Like, because there's always a discrepancy. There's always some nonsense involved. Like. I just, I don't get it. Like I don't know. I'm I'm just over rankings. I'm over gradings for people. Like you know, like at the end of the day, these people know what they're doing it for. Like, and that's more so the mindset I'm into. Like you know, cheer for your person, mm-hmm. and you know, watch them do what they do. Because as far as the rankings go, like a lot of them are nonsense, or there's you know stuff behind it, and 
just too much, and it's nonsense half the time. So I just I'm over rankings. Politics and BS. Yeah, pretty much. And I, as somebody who played football, I've, I've dealt with enough of that. That's to the <laughs> point where I stopped playing. So I'm just I'm I don't care for rankings and all the nonsense. I don't blame you. Now, how does Eddie Alvarez get moved to the preliminary card? Because before his last fight, he was the world champion. Because I don't I don't know. I don't know if people really respected him as the champion. Um, so it's easy to move him down because even though he's a, a former champion, he's not a Connor. You know, he's not someone really holding weight like that. So I feel like this, you know, you can move him down the court. And like, I mean, at the same time, he's fighting Poirier. That's not like a bum, at least not in my opinion. That's somebody who's really worth a fight. So like, you know, it's a good fight to put him in, to put him against. And then on top of that, it's already a stack card. Like, you know, where where do you put them? Yeah, um, and I guess so. that's, that's the main event of the uh, prelim- preliminary cards. That'll be the last fight before they're asking people to buy the pay-per-view. So I guess it is kind of smart. Um, there was something else I was going to say about UFC, and now it completely slipped my mind. Oh, well, what, when is uh, when is 2-12? Uh, two twelve. It's probably in June, um, if not uh, late May. Um, not exactly sure. Uh, I don't even know who's on that car right away. Um, I know like there, everyone's trying to figure out what's going to happen for two thirteen. Um, so uh, two twelve uh, is Jose Aldo and uh, Holloway. That's probably why no one's talking about two twelve. <laughs> Because it's two guys fighting for a fake belt? Pretty much. Um, and Connor has already said that, like, you know, that it's two guys fighting for a fake belt, so. <laughs> uh, I know you wanted to mention one other thing in the world of boxing. For anyone who believes that heavyweight boxing is dead, do yourself a favor and watch uh, Vladimir Klitschko. Against Anthony Joshua, unbelievable heavyweight fight last week. Uh, your thoughts, lowdown. This is the best boxing match that I've seen in a while. Um, me personally, my uh, my favorite boxing series is uh, Mickey Ward and uh, Toro Gotti. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't that, but this was this had little remnants of it. Um, these dudes definitely um, even, and this is crazy because like this is a heavyweight fight. Like not many, like no one cares about heavyweight boxing anymore. This definitely brought some eyes to it. And then like even in the arena that they fought in, they said it was ninety thousand people. Like I don't recall ninety thousand people being at many boxing fights other than something for Floyd. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's 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 a huge attendance record um, to have. Um, but just kind of seeing, like, how the fight went, like, these dudes were definitely, you know what I mean, from the opening bell, like, fighting. Like, they, they were kind of testing each other in the first round, and then, like, it just kind of, like, the, the the change came off. Like, they just started, like, really trying to go for it. Um, round, like Curtis like, Axel, the chains were off. The chains were off. <laughs> you know, so um, round five, you know what I mean, just Joshua just kind of, like, amping it up a little bit, bringing the heat, um, and ends up knocking uh, Klitschko down. Um which you know it was, it was kind of funny because like after that happened, like they both like got 
tired. They both got tired. Like, yeah. just, you know, because, you know, Klitschko got knocked down and Joshua was throwing so much, you know, just to try to do it. So they both got tired. Um, but what is crazy, because once Klitschko got back up, the rest of the round pretty much went to Klitschko to, to me because, you know, Joshua was so tired, he wasn't really recovering from, you know, gassing out from trying to knock him down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that next round, uh, round six, you know, uh, Klitschko throws, a, you know, a mean right jab at Joshua and just knocks him down, which, you know, was just, it was, and it's crazy because it's just, you know, straight across jab and, you know, right jab and just, you know, he just fell to the ground. It's like, he, you could clearly tell he wasn't knocked out, but he definitely was caught off guard. Like, you know, cause that jab just caught him like square, like in the face. Like, and it was just, you know, he just went down. Like you could tell, like, it was like, I wasn't expecting that. Like that came out of nowhere. So that was, um, Intriguing to see, especially just like after a round, you just knock him down, and now he's like reset and just like he's back. Um, so round 11, um, Joshua came out throwing hands, you know, um, he landed a mean uppercut, flurry of other punches behind it, knocked Klitschko down again. Um, and this time you could tell like this wasn't just like something for Klitschko to shake off, like he obviously did not have his feet up under him, he obviously didn't have himself together. And they, they let him fight, and it's just like, you know, I hate when this happens because, like, this dude is clearly knocked out. Like, you're literally just going to set him up to just go get hit on, a, uh, punched on again, mm-hmm. and which pretty much is what happened. Like, he wasn't, you know, really, he didn't have his feet under him. He wasn't ready to fight still. They let him fight. Um, and, you know, Joshua just finished the job. Like, he went back on there, punched on him again, and they just called, and it's just like, it was, it was no point. Like, he didn't have his feet under him to begin with. He was still woozy to begin with. So you should have just ended the fight there, like he was done. But um, like I said, it was just a great fight. Uh, no, uh, Vladimir Klitschko, he he was killing the the heavyweight division for a very long time. Um, so just even the fact that he would come, you know, and fight, you know, Anthony Joshua, that like that says a lot about him. Um, and just I like, you know, they, they were both, you know, classy guys. They left it all in the ring. You know, they weren't disrespectful to each other mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, just saying, even like Anthony Joshua, the stuff he was saying afterwards, you know, you know, um, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. Um, yeah. and if you don't take part, you're not, you're going to fail. And, um, you know, that's you know, to me, one of my favorite quotes is out about faith without works is dead. I feel like that was just like reminiscent of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I believe I can do this. You know, I want to do this. I'm trying to do this, but you know, if I don't at all, then there's no progress from nothing, you know? Yeah. So, um, which I thought was a really great quote. Um, he, he, uh, he actually, I, I thought this was different that he, you know, in most boxing fights at the end, you know, they're talking to, you know, the guy, the, the guy that's asking him questions. Like yeah. he was literally talking to the crowd. Like <laughs> he was like talking, like he wasn't talking to like somebody asking him questions. Like he was addressing the crowd. Like he was literally talking to the crowd as he was saying stuff that he needed to say, um, gave credit to, to Holyfield, to, uh, Lennox Lewis, to Roy Jones. Um, he really bigged up Klitschko. Like, he was giving him mad respect, mad props, you know, thanking him. And I just thought that was a real classy thing to do. Um, he also called out Tyson Fury, which would definitely be a dope fight, him and Tyson Fury. Um, but, like, he was just like – Anthony Joshua just showed that he's a really classy guy, um, that he's a really respectable guy, um, that he, he's, he he knows he's not he um, the, the best – heavyweight boxer, um, which, you know what I mean, some people would debate that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even the fact of he's humble enough to say, you know, like, if I'm the best, I'm the best. But, you know, I'm trying and I'm trying to get better, which, I mean, if you are the best dude and you're trying, then, you know, 
the fact that you're humbling yourself to say like this is where I'm at like it's just it's, it's commendable that's you know what I mean so I was yeah, just, I you know that. really happy to see that fight and really happy to see you know how Joshua handled that stuff afterwards as well yeah that uppercut in the uh, the final the final round before the fight was stopped was nasty uh, and can can I just take a second and say how unbelievable it is that Vladimir Klitschko has been fighting professionally for over 20 years. Yeah, like, I mean, that's insane to me. Yeah, it's, it's it's ridiculous. Like it's, you get people who do it, but you know, there's there's, there's that few that just like they just do mm-hmm. it. And like he was dominating. Like it was he pretty much to me cleared out the division. Like for yeah, he, for the, amount of years, like he dominated everybody. So just to, um, and I don't know. I feel like. I feel like he may fight again. Like he, he sounded like you know, like hey, I ain't doing nothing. Like I'll come back and fight again. So like, uh, I would be interested to see them fight again. Um, but like, if even if this is the last time he fights or whatever, like I think that was a good fight to go out on. You fought somebody who was very respectful, very classy, who uh, gave you a good fight, who you gave a good fight. Like he wasn't some old guy coming in and being a slouch. Like he had great offense coming in. He just happened to get caught by the uppercut. Um, so I don't know. I, I definitely am intrigued and I would love to see them fight again. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think they've already discussed it. I, I know I read a couple of quotes by Klitschko after the fight, talking about the next time, how the next time, you know, it won't be the same story as this past time, but that I haven't seen the whole fight. I've seen a good chunk of it and I would like to sit down and watch the whole fight soon, but even Mike Tyson said that this fight made boxing exciting again. And Absolutely. that's the most buzz I've seen about boxing on social media in a while. Absolutely. Because, I mean, one, it's, it's not just that it's boxing. It's, it's boxing in, a, uh, in a, a, a division that's been dead for a long time. So, yeah. like, you know, the fact that you get a good fight, and not just a good fight, but you get a good fight that's in the heavyweight division – then, yeah, I deserve to talk. And just, like, the, the classiness of both guys in it, the, you know, that they really went out there, even though they respect each other, they, they put on a great fight. Like, it deserves the accolades. It deserves, the, you know, the respect and, you know, the the the, um, the comments that it's getting because it was just a, a all-around good fight. Like, and it just happened to be in the heavyweight division, which, you know, obviously is going to bring the attention to it because it's been a dead division for a long time. For the most part. Yeah, so anyone who has not watched it, like I said, do yourself a favor and watch it. Before we get out of here, I want to say something I mentioned when we were talking about Molina, that someone pretty big mentioned how creative she was offensively. And it was actually Bret Hart who said it, that he thought that she was very innovative and had a good imagination for her offense. He said he was a big fan of her. So praise like that from Bret Hart, you know, I guess you anybody would take that. Yeah, because he doesn't praise much no, from what I've seen. <laughs> no, he does not. That is absolutely true. Uh, that is everything we had for this edition of The Perfect Edge. I just want to make a reminder, you can listen to the Matt Madness Weekly podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. You can listen to Falls Count, Fall, Falls Count Anywhere uh, with Derek McCauley, Russ D'Agostino, and Zach Harmon available on the same platforms. The Perfect Edge, if you're listening to this now, obviously you know where you're listening to this. Uh, So, Donovan, always a pleasure. Always a fun time talking to you. Thank you for being here. Likewise, I just want to say, um, if you want to follow me, follow me on Instagram and Twitter 
at uh, Hey Arte, H-E-Y-A-R-T-E. Once again, Hey Arte, H-E-Y-A-R-T-E. Uh, you know, hit me up on there. Let me know if you listen to the episode, what you think, so on and so forth. I will respond because I'm always near my phone. <laughs> Sounds good. So, Donovan, thank you again for the the face of the heel, for the mouth of the bout, the whole effing podcast. Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next time on The Perfect Edge. Top guys out. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with this elbow. Got them now, put them down right now, hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the basement man, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.